Hi there, and thanks for joining us. On today's podcast, we have moved into one of Cork's newest buildings, and it is home to a number of very interesting companies, two of which we are going to hear from. We are in one Albert Key. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business Podcast with CompuBee. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuBee.com. And first, on our tour of One Albert Key, we have come into Malware Bytes, and I'm joined by the VP of Malware Bytes, Anthony O'Mara. Anthony, thank you for joining us. You're welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for coming in. I have to say, every time I come into this building, I'm fascinated by the fact, A, there's no buttons in the lift, which always freaks me out, and then I come to your floor, which is brilliantly festooned with Star Wars. I mean, it's, it's a mad building, isn't it? A little bit, and one of the biggest problems sometimes when you walk into the lift, Sometimes by mistake, and you end up on the wrong floor. You, the only way to get out of it is to go down to the ground floor and start all over again. But if you keep your eyes open, you don't make that mistake too often. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Malware Bytes. What do you do here? So Malware Bytes, you know, they, we're the company that stops the the viruses and malwares the other antivirus companies let through. Um, we're a relatively young company in that our founder is still only twenty eight, but he founded the company in his mid teens. Uh, he downloaded a video game that infected his machine at home and his parents killed him. And he couldn't understand why, when he was using a, a competing antivirus product, that that happened. So he actually read and learned how to code using a uh, uh, one of those uh, coding for dummy books. He created some code with some guys online and the company started from there. And it kind of, by the time he was 17, they'd made their first million. He went off to college the product was very consumer-focused. When he came out of college, people said this product was good enough for business with some tweaks. They developed a business product. And now the company has grown into one of the fastest-growing companies in Silicon Valley. I think people like the Lloyds and Forbes have said we're in the top 10 companies likely to succeed. We're in the top 100 fastest-growing companies in North America. And um, today we're turning over hundreds of millions of dollars. And very recently, we came to Europe. We've been here for three years now. And to take a chunk of that market as well if we're, we're lucky enough to do that. The fact that this is the EMEA, uh, the European Middle East and Africa headquarters, Cork is developing a bit of a niche for itself in, in that tech space, whereas a lot of it would have gone to Dublin previously. Now Cork has a couple of them, of which you were one. It, it is. Um, and I should say, our office here is the international headquarters, not just EMEA. Um, so everything outside of North America is based here, which is... Um, not that unusual, but unusual enough still that we, most of them are EMEA. So in Cork, there is a cybersecurity cluster now. Um, one of the first companies to come here, and I was lucky to be part of it, was Trend Micro. They were quickly followed by McAfee. And now there's a plethora around the place of both the early startup to you know, big companies like um, the ones I just mentioned and ourselves. So there's a, there is a cluster of both knowledge um, and capabilities in how to run an international operation here in Cork, which there are some in Dublin. Um, Symantec have a big HQ in Dublin, but Cork does seem to be able to attract enterprise-type companies um, as opposed to maybe the the skew towards consumer-type companies in Dublin. The reason we're here today is because we're talking about this building in particular, which was uh, John Cleary's development. A big outlier insofar as they started building it just when the economy was about to turn. It was a bit of a gamble. Mm -hmm. What did it mean to have a fourth-generation building like this to move into? Unbelievable in terms of attracting um, people into the company here. Um, 
Cork at the time lacked a lot of quality office space. There was some out in Mahan, um, but in the city centre, um, there was very little. And I'm a huge fan of developing brownfield sites. I think we need to put life into city centres. An awful lot of the people we have hired can walk to work. Um, they are of a demographic that live in city centres, so this was a huge plus for us. When you talk about working in town, you're a big fan of working in the city centre, are you? Would it be the nightmare scenario to have to go somewhere else, like up at the airport or maybe Mahan or somewhere, an outlying site? I'd say anywhere one can get a job these days, it's not the worst thing in the world. But if I have a preference, I will always want to work in town. I worked in Bishopstown for eight or nine years. That was fine out there. I mean, there's an ecosystem out there as well, but at a personal level, and I think for many businesses, being in the centre of town, it's... It's beneficial. Tell me about the staff you have here. You've got 60 on staff here now, all working away outside. I have no idea what they're doing. They look busy, which is a good thing for the boss when he's looking on. Is it hard to get the type of employee that you want here? Because presumably a lot of it is pretty specialist. It is, and the market is very competitive. And you're looking at an international headquarters. You're not just looking for that subject matter expertise. You're often looking for that with the language. So there's a lot of companies, of course, competing for those people. Now, so far, uh, we've been very lucky to be able to attract those. We're a very fast-growing, very young, dynamic company. Um, I'd be one of the few people that have any grey hair here. Uh, Even in the company, as I said, our CEO is 28. That creates a different type of culture and a vibe, if I can call it that. And um, people are attracted to that as well. Now, you do have to have a product. You do have to have something that people want to buy. Otherwise, it can be... a pig in a poke, if you will. Thankfully, that's not the case here. When you talk about the, being the only fellow with grey hair here, I mean, you've got a lot of experience coming through. You, you, as you said, you were, you were with Trend Micro, you're the head of their EMEA as well. Sometimes there's age a disadvantage in a fast-moving industry like this because you do have a lot of young guys up and coming, very clever, don't have your life experience, but benefit from it as well, I'd imagine. <laughs> so that's a tough question. Is age a disadvantage? I think stagnation is a disadvantage. So if you have an attitude that you want to continually learn, you have an interest, um, age shouldn't matter. I mean, clearly, as you get older, you might get a little bit more tired. But it shouldn't be a disadvantage if you keep your mind open. And if you look around, if you were to walk around here, you'll see the company value systems. But there are two more values that I particularly look for when I hire people is curiosity and energy. And that curiosity at any age is going to help you survive and that kind of ageism uh, other than the grey hair, should be passed over if you have that attitude. Tell me what's next. Uh, cyber criminals love uh, doing what they do, which means that there's always going to be opportunities for companies like this. But it's fast evolving. And could we get to the point maybe where they design technology that is cyber criminal proof, or is there always going to be a market? Uh, you know, the, one of the things that we get kind of forget about when we talk about cyber crime is that the word crime is at the end of it. Crime has been there since Cain and Abel. It has never gone away. You know, whether it's you're putting a lock on the door or a chain on a gate, it exists and it's human nature. Um, I don't believe that you can ever stop criminality. However, what you try to do is to, is to narrow the margin of entry for that crime, whether it's your house at home by putting locks on your windows or protecting your cyber assets. Um, we tr- companies like us try to narrow that range of attack for them. Um, it's an arms race. Um, it, you know, you're trying to be ahead of them all the time, but it's, it's, it's tough work. So I don't think you'll ever have zero crime. 
whether that's cybercrime or just the crime we've grown up with in terms of robberies and assaults. But we, we treat this type of crime differently, whereas if somebody broke into our, uh, to our house at home through the window and, and, and stole our TV, we would most likely ring the guys and say, a crime has been committed, would you please go and investigate it? If it happens in the cyberspace... It's almost bad luck to us. Uh, we roll our eyes to heaven. I mean, we don't seem to see it as what it is, which is actual crime. Well, I think if the authorities included cybercrime in their crime statistics, would be you know, outraged about this. I mean, the, the cyber criminal world is huge in terms of the amount of money they generate themselves. And I think we need to do that. We need to kind of move away from this idea that it's some sort of black art. It's crime. Uh, and the fact that we put cyber in front of it seems to create a cloud or, like you said, we, it's something else. It's not part of our day-to-day lives, but it is now part of our day-to-day lives. Our lives are lived on our, our handheld devices or on our iPads or stuff like that. It's not going to change, and we just need to wake up to that. And government um, just need to admit that. Just to finish up. Um, because I have to go down and speak to Investec, who I think are downstairs. I'll ask you about that in a second. Uh, walking around the office here, there's Star Wars everywhere. You've got uh, there's an Atat attacking uh, Shandon outside. Uh, why, what's the story with Star Wars? Is somebody somewhere a big Star Wars fan? Uh, at head office, there was um, some of the founders had, were big Star Wars and Star Trek fans. And when we were looking to decorate the office, there was some of the iconography from Star Wars that just looks good in the office. Um, some of the scenes from the, the later Star Wars movies, whether it's looking over Lake Como or some of the battle scenes, and we were clever enough to have designers and corked it, but cork landmarks into some of that. and It's, it's quirky. People like it. Um, I've got note that you haven't put the Kerry one in yet. Is that, a, is that a, just a cork thing, is it? Well, that's a, well, I'm from Clare, and I'm not in the best of form today after cork beating Clare yesterday, but no, I don't think there'll be no Kerry thing in here somehow. <laughs> well, um, Anthony, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, and continued success to Malware Bites. Anthony O'Mara, Vice President of Malware Bites in the EMEA. Thank you very much for joining us. Will you get me back to the lift now, because I do have to find Investec. Like, you'll help me out, will you? No problem, Jonathan. Thanks for coming in. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business. Improving productivity with the latest Apple tech Technology, compub.com. So I survived the lifts and have come down to the ground floor now of one Albert Key to meet with Michael Bambury, who is the investment manager in Investec, who operates on the ground floor here. Uh, Michael, how are you? Uh, very well, thanks, Jonathan. Good morning and welcome to Investec uh, Cork. What does Investec do? It's one of these companies where I've heard the name a lot, but don't necessarily know the ins and outs of what goes on behind these fine glass walls. Well, Investec is a, a financial institution. Um, it is originally a South African company uh, founded in the 1970s in Johannesburg um, and has grown internationally since then. It's now, now a, a widely known international bank with uh, 9,000 staff in 16 or 17 different countries around the world. Um, in Ireland, we have an office in Harcourt Street in Dublin and we have the office here in One Albert Key in Cork. Um, we have approximately 270, 280 staff in Ireland. Uh, providing niche uh, financial services, um, wealth and investment is the area which I work in. A number of my colleagues in Cork work in our treasury business, and in Dublin we have a number of other specialist banking services, including corporate finance, institutional equities, venture capital, um, and treasury and deposits. So I think I've covered everything there. Yeah, so the key to success all of this is is the word wealth, right? So when there wasn't much wealth in the country, ergo Investec wouldn't have done particularly well. How is it now? 
Well, Ireland has changed dramatically, Jonathan, I suppose, over the last um, 30, 40 years. Um, and, and that has brought, you know, while it has brought massive benefits in terms of the overall wealth in the country, it also creates its own difficulties in terms of how to manage that wealth. And that is one of the areas that we're seeking to, to try to help people with. So you're right, there hasn't been a great tradition of wealth management in Ireland. Um, our neighbours in the UK would be far more established at that um, and, and and Investec have a significant wealth business in the UK. Um, a lot of it is kind of inherited from old family stockbrokers, the old country stockbrokers, and Investec would have would have acquired a lot of these companies back in the 1990s. Um, and we're now leveraging that expertise of helping people manage family wealth, pass it from one generation to the next. And that, that's, that's really what we're trying to achieve here as well. So in other words, John Murphy spends his entire life building up uh, a company. Uh, he sees the, the fact family coming up behind as usual they never gives them the credit they deserve but wants to make sure that it all goes well uh, and that the company has a future that's where you guys step into the breach is that's it? it absolutely i suppose you know it, it, there's also coupled with the environment that we're we're in today jonathan where interest rates are are, are at an all-time low um you know five years ago john murphy would have had the opportunity of of, of leaving his wealth in the bank untouched um, deposit rates were at a rate where he was able to earn earn a decent return on those. Um, unfortunately, in the environment that we're in today, deposit rates are, are, are virtually zero. And therefore, people who, who, who have wealth, if they want to achieve above inflation returns, they need to take a certain element of risk. And that's where we help really is to try to manage that risk, to put, build portfolios for people that are structured, that makes sense and that, 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 that allow them to, to achieve a return over time um, without, without taking unnecessary levels of risk. Risk is the big word. And you have some people who are completely and utterly averse to it, i.e. me, and then you have others who are willing to go, well, we'll put a little bit into the pot and chance around, and then those fellows who come in want to get rid of the whole lot on the off chance of the horse coming first. How do you manage that? Well, we first of all, John, we would try to avoid any uh, comparisons with with speculation and gambling because that's not what we do. I mean, we're 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 very much our mantra is very much about protecting people's wealth first um, and growing it secondly. So the the priority, first of all, is to is to mind it. It's to 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 to. to, to make sure that it's invested in a, in a calm, in a structured way and in a sensible way. We don't take risks with people's wealth. We don't take on, you know, excessive levels of risk with people's wealth. We, we, we manage it. We make sure that it's, it's, it's invested in, in, in quality assets that will grow in a, in a calm and measured way over time. We're never going to say to, the, to, 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 to our it's, clients... It's, it's not quite yeah. put it all on the five past three at Doncaster. Absolutely not, absolutely not. It's very much about, about diversifying it into, into very wide and uh, ranging portfolios. Um, and it's about, it's about ensuring that, that, that it's a sensible approach, that, 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 um, that, that nobody is exposed to one particular company or one particular geography or one particular asset class. Um, and there, therefore, the, the, the mistakes of, of the past, i.e., if you go back 12 years ago when most Irish wealth was invested in two or three banks and, and, and one asset class being property, um, that those mistakes are never repeated again. So what other asset classes are there? Because we, we're kind of weird in this country. We obviously built bricks and mortar as being the primary asset. Well, at least we did until relatively recently. Where else can people put money now where it is relatively safe? They can probably get their hands on it if they're stuck. I mean, what are the options? 
The main asset classes that we allocate uh, wealth to are, are equities, firstly, um, and by that we mean equities outside of Ireland mostly, so equities in Europe, in the Far East and in the US. Um, fixed interest investments are bonds, as they're also known as. That can include both corporate bonds and government bonds. Again, we, we would steer away from government bonds at the moment, being, as in Western European government bonds, because the returns on them are like, like interest rates, they're zero. Um, we also use property as an investment vehicle, um, but but not in the sense of buying an apartment in Montanotti. We more more or Monte use Carlo. Monte, yeah, or Monte Carlo. We're more more in the in in the the way we invest in property is to to use listed property investments, which are again very diversified, and they they buy quality buildings in international cities and let them out to top quality cost clients. That's that's the type of property investment we prefer. Cash is an asset class. Um, it provides optionality. It provides people people flexibility to increase their investments at times or to withdraw investments. And we also allocate to what we call alternatives, which can be a mix and gather of other things. It includes things like absolute return funds. It includes things like um, some of the, the areas around um, infrastructure and areas around, say, wind energy, uh, green energy, those types of things. Do, do you wake up in the middle of the night sometimes with all these things floating around your head and trying to work out which one is which? I mean, it, it is a challenge for the investment manager, never mind the poor sod trying to invest the money. Absolutely. I mean, and, and markets never stop. They go through the night and all that. But, but um, I find that, uh, you know, as I said, we take a very calm approach and that allows us all to sleep well, including our clients, hopefully. Now, the building we're in, uh, we're here today to visit One Albert Key uh, in its finery. It is full, as far as I can make out. There's no spare space here. There's no, no one uh, has an option to move in. Uh, it, it's an amazing building. What was your first reaction as a punter walking through the door? Um, absolutely blown away with it. Um, we were the, 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 the first people in here. Uh, Johnson Controls moved in on a Monday, but we were in the previous Friday well, evening. That's bragging rights. Yeah, it that's is, important. absolutely, but yeah. it's very important. Um, so so we, we, were, we were very proud to be the first uh, tenants in, in One Albert Key. I don't know if Donald Sullivan in Johnson Controls would ever acknowledge that, but we're claiming it. Um, and, um, you know, we've been here right from the beginning. We've been delighted with how it's gone for us. It's given us a very prominent um, pitch to which, which we can build our business in, in Munster from, from this uh, location. Um, it's uh, probably the busiest traffic intersection in the city. Um, and, you know, the facilities in the building in terms of, you know, the, the air conditioning, in terms of the power, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the access in and out, um, everything has been fantastic. And we'd love to give credit to, to, to Cleary Developments for the, the product that they put there and from the support from a landlord, Green Reed. It's an amazing space to work in, and I can look out the window that you have here, come around the side of the building, looking at Navigation Square, and God willing, in two or three years' time, we'll be in Navigation Square looking down at the next building that's going. It's all heading this direction, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Even the, you know, the options around lunchtime, around um, you know, the number of businesses that are in the, in the general area now has increased even just in the two years since we've been here. Um, you know, it, there's, there's more of a buzz around here. You know, you're more likely to bump into people as opposed to if we went back three, four years where it was, you know, this, this was a, a very, very quiet area. Um, you know, the, 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 there now is life around here and it's only going to move in one direction. Tell us the website if people want to get in contact with Investec. How do they do it? It's investec.ie, www.investec.ie. Michael Bambury, uh, Investment Manager here at Investec in Cork. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. 
So that is our visit to one Albert Key out of the way. Thanks to Michael in Investec and Anthony in Malware Bytes. If you do get a chance to get into the building, don't be freaked out But the fact that there is no numbers in the lift. You will get out on the right floor eventually, I'm reliably informed. Neve Hennessy, as always, was the producer. Don't forget, if you want to get in contact, you can do so. Redbusiness at redfm.ie. We'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com.